0: Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today, Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you this morning. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? Very well, good. thank you. Good. We'll try to make the world a better place to live. Do our best. Because sometimes I read these things that we go over, and it looks like uh, there's a couple people against us, Yeah. trying to make the world look worse, not yeah. not not better.
1: It's easy to get. The but
0: rest. we're still. You know, in spite of it all, we have to be optimistic and say if we do the right thing, things will be better. See, there's always that qualifier that I have. If you do the right thing, everything will work out all right. But We have a few people that are very confused or they're doing it deliberately because it serves their interests. And we want to talk about foreign policy. We've talked about foreign policy on a few occasions on this program. Uh, But we're going to start off with uh, all the inconsistencies about what's being interpreted and what's been reported, uh, you know, in in the Middle East. Headline from Dave DeCamp, one of our favorites, anti-war. <clears throat> His title, I find it amazing what he packed into about two pages. Yeah, uh, I, we, we feel guy. good to have him on our side getting the information we're looking for. But guys. the headline caught my attention, and I know you got to look at it. White House says Israel has killed, quote, many, many thousands of innocents. I just didn't want to believe it. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, I, I do believe it. But uh, the big thing is, is, is the interpretation by our government, you would think uh, if we had a sensible pro-American foreign policy was a well, that means the previous uh, president or somebody did this, maybe we should even be involved in this mess. Yeah. something like that but no so we're always wanting to sort out well, what is the policy if we're going to criticize the policy we have to know what it is and i would say uh that dave has described it pretty well just by describing who supports what but they but when you look at it he describes the chaos in it but to me the catching phrase in this is is how he explains one person in the in the in the administration say and then somebody else, they said something different, yeah. and uh, then the reporters say something different, and you have all the factions. But. Uh, I want to just start off with one of the first things he said, and we'll talk about this a little bit more. It says the White House acknowledged on Monday that U.S.-backed Israelis' onslaught of Gaza had killed many, many thousands of people. And Biden administration continues, <laughs> and this is the conclusion, and Biden's administration continues unconditional support for Israel's war. So where do we stand on yes, this? Yes, yeah.
1: yes. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting admission. Let's put on that first uh, quote. <clears throat> clip because that's what we're talking about here. White House says Israel has killed quote many many thousands of innocents ends quote. Uh, That's an incredible admission um, that uh, the I think it was spokesman John Kirby made Um, and then uh, here's what he says the comments were made by White House National Security (coughs) Council spokesman John Kirby who previously told reporters to expect that Israel will continue to kill innocent civilians. So they've killed many thousands of innocent civilians And they're gonna kill thousands more, so just get used to it is basically, just put that up for one more second, is basically what Kirby is saying. And now this is Gaza's health ministry, so it's a government source. All government sources should be suspect on all sides. Uh, But Gaza's health ministry said on Tuesday that at least 10,328 Palestinians have been killed, including 4,237 children. Thousands more are missing and presumed to be under the rubble, buried under rubble for days and weeks. this seems to be way out of proportion to
0: war going on, innocents die and children get in the crossfire. But this number is so high, it's almost like, uh, well, we have to stop the uh, multiplying of people who are going to come and hurt us, and it's sort of a a strategy that sort of is sickening. But the Biden administration has cast doubt on the numbers uh, that are are put out there. And and like you said, there's reason to doubt. Why should we have to believe them? And uh, Pentagon spokesman General Ryder has also acknowledged that thousands of civilians have been killed. You know, the, because the, uh, matter of fact, the way the way the language is on on both sides, you know, there's factions on both sides that uh, that are they're pretty tough and strong. Or that that you know, this is not just target practice. Yeah. I mean, this is we have to wipe them out. Yeah. And uh, as if that's going to solve the problem, but that's a, that's a terrible philosophy to have. But here we're standing there, we're trying to figure out what's going on, and we might be uh, a very very. Uh, influence in the whole mess helped to create it yeah. our weapons our money and people and yet and yet right now we'll probably talk about why they just sort of uh, thumb their nose at us even though we, the united states is is doing all this mischief and providing the weapons and all but they, they won't take any orders and i i think that if you're going to do it uh, the order should change <laughs> you yeah. know like if you won't do what we tell you you know, we might just cut
1: off your aid. Well, why did we ever start it? Yeah. You know, that's, that's my beef. Yeah. <clears throat> well, here's just an example of the absolute hypocrisy of the U.S. government, of the Biden administration. I'm sure he's, he's joined by most Republicans on this. This is from the same article. Despite the grim death toll, the U.S. still refuses to place any limits on Israel's use of American weapons. Yeah. When asked on Tuesday about civilian casualties, Pentagon spokeswoman said, We don't put conditions on weapons we're sending or that Israel is using. So can you imagine? I mean, this makes you an accomplice to the crime. If killing innocent children is a crime, then we're accomplices. It would be like if you went on a killing spree and killed about 20 people. And I said, here, have some more guns. You want some more guns. Don't you know you should call us first? Yeah. It, it,
0: will, it, it will straighten out because we're unified on protecting America. And we will certainly make sure that if, if our troops are getting into trouble and killing the wrong people, we'll, we'll, we're going to start bringing them home. Yeah. Oh, you're you're un-American. Yeah. You're not serious. That that. Uh, is, is uh, the, uh, the whole problem, and uh, the, uh, the administration also refusing to disclose what weapons are going. It's yeah. it's, in, it's it's sending it to Israel. Kirby said on his press press briefing that the U.S. is shipping equipment to Israel on a daily basis in secret. The uh-huh. American people aren't exactly it's, it's notified. It's, uh, you know, where's my money going? Yeah. Except every day we qualify this to a degree. More and more people are waking up. Uh, it, and there's a big conflict in support in this country uh, in the Middle East, and 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 really that debate uh, was going on pretty strongly in the last six months over over Ukraine. But but that war is uh, you know winding down, and uh, yet yet there was uh, you know the people finally got tired of it. They, the members of Congress were starting to hear why he's spending this money over there, yeah. especially uh, with the horrible. Problems that we've created on our own borders.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. But well, here, here's the thing, though. You know, the Russia-Ukraine war, which you just mentioned, uh, it's been going on for almost two years now. Less civilians have been killed in that war, Ukrainian civilians by Russia. Less have been killed in two years than have been killed in one month in Gaza. <laughs> Yet, you heard uh, Biden and all of his minions blinking talking about Putin is committing war crimes. Putin is committing a massacre. Putin is committing a genocide where it took two years for them to kill as many innocent civilians as were killed in one month. And now, Black Max Blumenthal, who we, we both like, he, was, uh, he spoke at our conference, very brave, great guy. He was, I, I should have put the clip up, but I didn't. But he went over to the State Department, I think it was yesterday, and he sat down for the briefing and he asked a question because he's from the gray zone, he's a journalist. And he said, he said hey, Why are you, you accuse the nations of genocide which have killed far less than Israel kills Gaza in a month. Like how do you square this? How do you, why don't you say that it's a genocide if you do it for places like Russia? And of course its spokesman has barfed up a word salad that nobody understood as they usually do. But it's pretty clear to most people that the scale of killing is is outrageous. And in fact, I found this uh, uh, clip, if you do the next clip, this chart, I didn't show it to you, I forgot to show it to you, but I think it speaks for itself. These are the deaths of children in conflict zones. And it's children killed per day. So on the right, the Iraq war, it was 0.6. Ukraine is 0.7. Yemen, 1.5. Afghanistan, 2. Syria, 3. Gaza, 136 children killed per day. And this... Um, this is a source uh, is uh, UNICEF, so you're seeing the scale of death of children astronomical. But the State Department says we can't call it anything other than, you know, whatever. And the Pentagon says, well, let's send more, let's send more weapons. So it's a disaster. It sounds like it could be their policy. Yeah, I mean that that, you know, there's
0: war going on, like I mentioned, you know, and kids will get killed and all this. But that is so much bigger than uh, where in all the other places where, yes, uh, the, the kids are going to get killed as well. Uh, but th- but part of the problem is uh, it, it seems to uh be difficult to get the right information and have the good journals like Blumenthal and others. But uh, the, the reporting, uh, y- you know, and, and you mentioned that they reported they, and, uh, about w- why uh, why was it reported differently for Russia yeah. than for Israel yeah. uh, or the, the Palestinians for that matter, whoever mm. is committing the violence. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so uh, I, I think that, um, you know, it's so, you know, we think we're We're defending one side or opposing the other side and saying, well, Russia didn't do anything here. But I see it as very easy to say that if you believe that we should not be involved, that's the basic problem, all of a sudden you look at the whole world differently. You say, well, uh, you you know, uh, neither side is pure and uh, neither side uh, is trying to institute the Bill of Rights you know yeah. this sort of thing so that's that I think is the big problem and then we get into the factions the money and uh, the the corruption in governments and the lion the ineptness of government and you end up with these crazy wars and there's there so many things that uh, you know come of you know whether it's domestic uh, social religious or any kind of rules the government makes it usually uh, you 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 know, sometimes deliberate, but sometimes just because it's unworkable. To me, I always go back to monetary policy. This pretense that a couple people can get together. Well, we know today the interest rates ought to go up 0.12%, you know. It's all, they uh, they brainwash themselves as well as they fit into the category of people who brainwash for a precise purpose. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, the second story we want to cover today is, I think, also outrageous. Um, and this is from Politico. Put that next one up. House moves to censure Tlaib over is Israel rhetoric. So the U.S. House, of course, they can't get off the rear ends and pass the appropriations bills and keep us, keep things running because they're too busy spending hours on the floor yelling at this representative from Michigan, I believe. Um, go to the next one. So this is a GOP measure. The House late Tuesday, so late yesterday, passed a GOP measure to formally reprimand. Representative Rashida Taleb over her outspoken criticism of Israel. Uh, Representative Rich McCormick, Republican of Georgia, had moved to censure Taleb for what he called, quote, promoting false narratives. And this reminds me a lot of what was happening during COVID, if you remember. <laughs> yeah. You were kicked off of YouTube for promoting false narratives about ivermectin, false narratives about masks. So this is ironically... The same Republicans who probably were on our side on this, but they happen to not like this woman. I don't know much about her. My guess is that you and I would probably agree with maybe .001% of her political views. However, voting to censure her, to reprimand her for saying things that she believes to be true... I think it's outrageous.
0: You know, we have a First Amendment, and most people recognize it, but they get confused on how property can limit saying dumb things. You don't have a right to go to, into a church and, uh, and 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 take over. It's yeah. you know, oh, the right of my free speech. That would be idiotic. Yeah. So there's a First Amendment principle there. And But we talk a lot about uh, speech. Now, they've given some uh, special coverage for people in Congress, and some argue against it, some argue and understand it, but that's the way it's been if i had gone to the floor and made a couple charges and said abc the way i understand that they can't sue me they can't arrest me they can't do anything so it's almost a special privilege for saying what you want unless they don't like what you're saying so here it is so they, they have this and i think it fits into the stuff that that, uh, you know freedom of speech now is uh, enforced uh, uh, you know with a collusion of big business and social media and they're able to control speech and uh, punish you because they have the power and a tool of economic policy and they can really ruin people so when they cancel you some people unfortunately you got canceled and never recovered we hear about the big cases yeah well, I'll bet there's been a lot of people from hospital staffs sure. and, uh, you yeah. know uh, even before before any of this whole thing started, I remember people getting into trouble because that was one of the questions that they were starting to ask in the 60s. Uh, What's your position uh, on abortion? Uh-huh. Because uh, they were doing them and they said, would you participate? And, and they could lose their job if you said no. Yeah. Uh, but now it's much different and much bigger and much more economic. And it has to do with speaking. So this it's rather ironic. Yeah. For me to look at this and say, you know, you know, Taleb has to be punished. Yeah. Punished for this. And but we had some uh we we looked up uh the people who Supported what we think is the right position, yeah. and that you shouldn't be bothered by this. I mean, uh, you let somebody else get up and say something. But this whole thing of censor, yeah. uh, it, it, as if they were godlike and they knew they knew the, the moral high ground. We're in a position where we can censor people for saying immoral things. But that's what they think they are. But <clears throat> we we'll mentioned the four names uh-huh. that uh, that that voted against <coughs> it, and we know just like you said originally there's probably not many things we'd agree with this woman on but Ken Buck I've heard that name and I think of him as a good person I don't know John Duarte of California, but he voted right. And we've heard of this guy, Thomas Massey. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. His name keeps popping up, exactly. you know. So we expected that. But I was very pleased and not too, totally surprised at Tom. McClintock of yeah. California, yeah. He, did he deserves to be congratulated from this because he is very, very good on his votes. But he's also, uh, you know, doesn't vote 100% with Thomas. Yeah. But he, he's a good person. And I, I always uh, I'm always very pleased. With that, because I, I I made an effort in a token way to help him to get into Congress. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, that was a nice surprise. So those were the four Republicans who voted no, uh, and, and my guess is certainly with Massey, it was a free speech issue. But here's you, you mentioned the word irony. The biggest irony. Now I did a, I did a dive into the bill. It's not that long of a resolution. I did a dive into it, and the first thing that struck me, the big irony is, and if you put on that next clip, it's H.Res. 845. Easy to look up, easy to read, um, uh, go forward, there we go, H Res 845 censuring Representative Rashida Taleb for promoting false narratives. This entire resolution, Dr. Paul, promotes false narratives. That's the irony. Yeah. Go to the next one. I'm just going kind to of go to a few of the clauses because every single one of them you could point out. But here's just the first one, okay? Now, this is not to defend anything. It's just to say that this bill itself does what it accuses her of doing. So, whereas Representative Rashida Taleb within 24 hours of the October 7th barbaric attack on Jewish citizens of the state of Israel, representing the deadliest days of Jews since the Holocaust, defended the brutal rapes, murders, beheadings and kidnappings of Americans, defended the beheadings of Israelis by Hamas, that's interesting because That beheadings, I underline, and it's a distasteful thing, Dr. Paul, but it's worth digging into. Go to the next one. Because the beheadings was a narrative that was put out right away. Here's President Biden. U.S. President Biden on brutal terror attack by Hamas on Israeli people. I have confirmed terrorists beheading children. So they want to put it out there that Hamas is beheading children. Go to the next one. It was immediately clarified by the White House saying... Biden did not actually see confirmed pictures of terrorists beheading children as he claimed. So the narrative is starting to fall apart. He didn't see anything Netanyahu told him this. Keep going further. And here's a major Turkish news network. They went on the ground and interviewed. The Israeli army says it does not have confirmation about allegations that Hamas beheaded babies. Uh, go on. This is um, go to the next one, please. Yeah, this is the Andalou News Service. Uh, when Andalou contacted the Israeli Army spokesperson unit over the phone and asked about the allegations, she said, we have seen the news, but we do not have any details or confirmation. Now, that was the unit that was there. And I don't want to belabor the point, but I just want to point out that the clause itself was putting forward a false narrative about beheadings. And it's, it's horrific, and it got people's attention quickly. But it turns out it wasn't true, yet still they added the false narrative in here.
0: Does that remind you about the lies told about the Iraqi war?
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and Gaddafi with the rape pills and oh, this and yeah. that. Yeah.
0: You know, uh, there, there has been uh, some other expression. Uh, dealing with this, and who's the ba- bad people, and who's doing the most wicked things, and that happens to be a more democratic way of doing it, and not necessarily bad if it's done peacefully. And that's the demonstrations, and that's that's what just amazes me. What's going on because some of it can get pretty nasty, you know, demonstration, and it's it's reversed, you know, uh, they they do it almost with. Uh, the whole part, purpose is, is is to put Israel in a bad light. That's why we need a little bit of balance, a little yeah. bit of truth telling. You know, but but the public now is uh, I, I'm I'm amazed at uh, you know the the size of these demonstrations, and that's a mixed bag. You know, that some are being demonstrated for different different reasons, yeah. but it also means that they're not buying into this. You know, uh, what what our, our government is telling us and these resolutions. You know, it, 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 she. Can, Gets, she gets censored.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, here's a couple more clauses, and then you could go through. Each, I think literally each one you could go through and find a false narrative. But I just want to point out a couple more with your indulgence, Dr. Paul. Here's the next one. Now, this is the bill of particulars. This is why she needs to be smacked down. Representative Taleb's October 8th statement claimed that Hamas's October 7th attack on the Jewish people was partly attributable to United States security aid provided to Israel. And that is objectively something that you can have a debate on. This is not something that you would immediately say it's a false narrative. Non-interventionists like ourselves would say, because we are providing support, because we are in the middle of it, because we're backstopping Israel, that's why these terrible things keep happening to Israel. That's a legitimate claim to make. It doesn't mean she loves the fact that they were killed. It's legitimate. And let me just do one more. um, Because, just do that last one. Again, you could go through every one. Here's another whereas clause. Whereas on October 18th, Representative Tlaib continued to knowingly spread the false narrative that Israel intentionally bombed the Al-Ali Arab Hospital on October 17th after U.S. intelligence, Israeli intelligence, and President Biden assessed that Israel did not cause the explosion. That is still completely open for debate. That is not proven that they that they didn't do it. And the whole idea that, well, because U.S. intelligence and Israeli intelligence says that they didn't do it, well, we should believe it. Yeah, they, they lie all the time. But
0: wasn't there a president at once when there were these debates on, uh, on right and wrong, and the president says... I am the decider. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that? right. Yeah. So, but but right now, this is what we're talking about. Who is the decider <laughs> on this, and who is the, who is the one that orchestrates the bias, and, uh, and 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 why do people just march along? Yeah. I, I would think maybe. Uh, somebody, w- weren't there some uh, s- s- some uh, just present votes? I think there might have been a couple. Couple, yeah. But that that's sometimes, and I've used it on a few occasions, but it's it's really not a very you i mean you're in a position where you have to take a position you should but uh, there are times when you think this is so bad yeah. that uh in, in order to you know sort it all out that uh, you're just doing something you shouldn't be doing yeah
1: yeah <laughs> so. well it was a little nostalgic for me because that's what my job with you for 12 years is looking at a bill and picking out the contradictions and you know trying to help you when you go to the floor I mean, I'm not often that nostalgic about being there with all those people, but I kind of thought we would have had fun with we, this. You, you
0: know, you were new at one time on you know, there, yeah. and I thought, he needs an easy job to find the contradiction. Find the bad you know, stuff. that's, that's fun. <laughs> I'll be able to do that. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. <laughs> uh, I think he could have had a great time on the floor with this, you know, just pointing out the hypocrisy of the whole thing. Uh, well, I'm going to go to the next one because uh, we talked about the vote, uh, and I think uh, McClintock, good for him. Uh, Massey's going to take some hits. He's taken some tough votes this past month. And uh, everyone should sh- support Thomas Massey. Um, he's a, really the last hope we have in the House. But let's move on because we have one more, and it's a related topic again, and it's about Netanyahu. Uh, go to the next one if you can. And this is interesting because one of the things that fascinates me is the, the, the very, very strong debate that they have within Israel about what happened on October 7th and about politics. You know, it's presented to us, and certainly in the mainstream media in the U.S., in a single way you have to accept the narrative as it's, you know, given to you. But in fact, in Israel, there's a very, very broad debate. And this is from Politico Europe. Uh, a broken Netanyahu is miscalculating over Gaza, former Israeli PM says. And this is, you remember old Ehud Barak, who was a, uh, I think it was a tanker. In, in, uh, He's a military guy. Go to the next one really quick. So, um, so uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, Ehud Olmert, I'm sorry, what did I think, yeah, sorry. Uh, anyway, so he, uh, he said that uh, Benjamin Netanyahu has been destroyed emotionally by this massive failure on national security and is now miscalculating by preparing to take overall control of Gaza. So Ehud Olmert saying that Netanyahu is really basically flipped out and he's making all the wrong moves. And there is a consensus in Israel that that's what's happening.
0: Yeah. But there's, there are so many parts that we try to understand and bring together because uh, y- you know, it's their policy and they invite some problems but the, you were earlier on mentioned the fact, well, are, are we going to mention maybe the United States is involved in these uh, discrepancies and uh, and then w- w- what's the position been for years with Israel and how, how, how do they get support I mean, uh, uh, the money I think money counts uh, you know, and uh, when, when you get people dependent. That's why I think we have such problems on our borders. I think if you subsidize something you get more of it. And we get more more problems by subsidizing, you know, illegal immigration. The rewards you get if you can sneak into this country and we'll open up the yeah. gates. Yeah. <laughs> sort the- of reminds me of opening up the gates. So you go on in, have fun in the Capitol. Then we're going to arrest you. <laughs> yeah, Exactly.
1: No <laughs> kidding. So,
0: But there's a lot of things that uh, are behind the scenes that happen. You know, the money, the military industrial complex, religious beliefs. It, it's very complex. That's why it should be kept more simple. It should be. It, it doesn't have to be this way. You don't have to initiate the, you know if, if people would accept just one rule one moral standard and that is you have no right to interfere in other people's lives or in their property but that distance beyond them everybody wants an angle and then they are propagandized and and they have to be placed in fear you have to scare them to death and the end of the world's coming if, if you don't to support the troops and uh that's it's worked. It's yeah. worked for centuries. And uh, I'd like to sort of say, try something new. Yeah.
1: Well, it is fascinating in Israel that there is a strong debate. And it's also alarming that the U.S. only supports one side, only the most extreme side of Netanyahu, because Ulmer uh, makes us some good points. If Put that one back up if you can, because he makes some very good points that I think we probably would agree with um, if we were is, in the Israeli debate, which we're not. So it's not our business. But what he said, he was interviewed by Politico, he said, Netanyahu's in a state of nervous breakdown as he sought to be, avoid being overthrown for the failing to safeguard the national security, which has a good point. Um, this meant Israel was now steering off course, he went on, and he insisted that the priority should be to negotiate an end game with the international community involving a return to talks on the formation of a Palestinian state rather than turning back the clock to full military oversight of Gaza and go to the next one really quick because he has a he has a point that uh, is being debated there it's not in Israel's interest to oversee the security of Gaza he said it's in our interest to be able to defend ourselves in a different way than we did before the October 7th attack so what Omar is stressing is the failure of Netanyahu to protect the people on the 7th and now the overreaction he's saying is because he's gone basically psyched. You know,
0: there's there's all kinds of things that motivate people to play tricks on us lie to us m- misunderstanding and oh you know all the pressures that happen but uh, there, and it's not one sided. I mean, if, if you look at the world, especially since World War Two, how much influence have we had? How much power have we have? How much money have we had? How many bene- How much benefits did we get from that power? And how much benefits have we had with the reserve currency? And all of a sudden, you know, we're a player. We're a player, and not, but that is, that of course is changing. But uh, you know, even even the way we uh, you, you know do our, um, our military forces is, uh, uh, is is important too. Because here's a here's an article. Zero Hedge reported from Free Bacon, <laughs> but it, it's I thought it was. Crazy, and, uh, and I'm, I'm going to read this because it's so, so bad. It's not exactly part of this other than the fact that it's just stupid. <laughs> it says, California is helping prison inmates cope with their stints, having forked over more than $4 million of taxpayers' fund on surgical sex changes and cosmetic gender-affirming affor- enhancement. Can you think of anything weirder than that? For 157 inmates, maybe somebody would commit a crime, just get in there and get a free yeah. job done. Yeah, there you, you know, go. who, yeah, who knows? That. But, including... This is this is this can't be true, but one per no four people who want a sex change. and says hurry up, I'm on death row. <laughs> you know that that, that you, you know the absurdities of interventionism <laughs> per se, and it's it's the meddling in other people's lives and pretending they know what is true and foreign policy is like that. People get censored because we know what truth is, you know. What, what a silly silly way to run a world. <laughs> you know, that
1: reminds me of the late, great Jim Traficant. You know, right. he would have done that on the floor and he would have said, beam me up <laughs> at yeah. the end of it. Oh so, gosh, he was okay. a great guy. Well, I'm just gonna close out by saying we're at 340,000 subscribers. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe, bring us up to that 400,000. Like us here on Rumble and on YouTube, which comes later in the day. And make comments, ask questions. Uh, we do read the comments and we appreciate your support. Over to you, Dr. Baldwin. Very good.
0: And oh, I, of course, want uh, once again, uh, express my appreciation for our viewers tuning in and uh, and participating in this effort to try to uh, bring about an interest in telling the truth and uh, at least uh, uh, work and pray for the wisdom that is necessary to, you know, to present and understand the truth. Because it's, uh, it's not an issue because these wars are going on in Ukraine and the Middle East. It's an issue that's been around for a while and knowledgeable in, in, in writing maybe 4, 5, 6,000 years of, of dealing with uh, the issue of right and wrong. But I want to close with uh, with with another silly thing and sometimes, there were, who was it that had a term that he used uh, the stupid party? <laughs> there was somebody that did, and they were referring to polygons, I can't believe that. But here here on Zero Hedge, unenforced error, Right-wing critics slam RNC for picking NBC to host tonight's GOP debate. And they think, oh, well, they'll be fair, you know. This is the whole thing. I I don't think, uh, but the whole thing is, I think when I mentioned this to you, you said... What difference it be? nobody's going to watch them anyway. They'll probably be listening for Trump or somebody will probably be pestering Trump. What are you going to do when you're in prison? You know, that kind of stuff. So it's uh, it, it, I wish it could only be entertaining, but uh, it's really very threatening to people. And it, it, it undermines confidence. There should be confidence in government, but government should be, to be there uh, to protect our freedom. not to run our lives and not not to run the economy and not to police the world it's not very complicated and the proof is that if you look at history that if you want peace and prosperity that's exactly what you would promote i want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the liberty report please come back soon